tschüss. While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Sorry, I was uploading the podcast. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. I'm also taking messages on the WBSM app chat. That was Paul Chase of the Realtor Association. He's the CEO of the uh, Realtor Association of Southeastern Massachusetts. I appreciate Paul's time. We'll we'll definitely have him on more um, as we continue these discussions because they're going to be going ongoing for a while, not just because what's happening down here, but, you know, this is ongoing in Boston as well. And now uh, I think Somerville, um, you'll see some other communities uh, that will propose that are going to propose um, some sort of um, restriction on uh, some sort of regulation on rental uh, rent, the raising of rent. Um, I think, I think you'll definitely see that, see more of that uh, pop up as the situation becomes less tenable. And, you know, as Boston sort of, obviously Boston being where it is, uh, is sort of the, you know, the fulcrum, the sort of economic and policy fulcrum of, of, the, of the Commonwealth, the center, if you will, right? The hub. Fulcrum, it's a little too... Um, Anyway, 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Chris will be back tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, actually, we're, so we're tracking, you know, obviously we follow all, all these uh, state, we were following these state elections, the sheriff election, um, the New Bedford City elections, but there's also some town elections that we're, we're going to, you know, that are coming up that we wanted to start covering. And so we're going to do that. Um, we're going to do that. Lynn Turner is a candidate for Dartmouth School Committee is going to come on, uh, going to be joining us tomorrow. And, you know, there's, I think, a fairly big story last year with all that was going on with the Indian logo and and things like that. So there's a lot to talk about um, in that in that aspect. And we, I know we have a lot of people out there in Dartmouth that want to probably learn more about their candidates for office. So 
you want to stay tuned for that tomorrow. We've got a few calls on the line, so we're going to get to them now at 508-996-0500. That's how you can join me this evening. Good evening. Hi, Marcus. Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good, except for the rainy weather, but it's better than snow, huh? Yeah, I, I agree. And anyway, that that man seems like he would be great for the Ward 5. Well, so he ran um, he ran uh, when, against Scott Lima. Uh, whatever it was back in 2017, he was he he was the runner up uh, in that race. So, um, you know he he lives there, and you know he's obviously would be a strong candidate. But you know, as he said, he's got some stuff he's he's really enjoying now that he might have to give up if he if he runs for uh, for city council. So that there's that to consider as well. But he would definitely be a very strong candidate with his policy background and, and knowledge for sure. Oh, yeah. What I wanted to ask you was, you know, the old Chamberlain building, you're kind of young for that, but it's on, um, it's on Brook Street. It's like, it, it's parallel to church. I'm not, not entirely. Well, it's that big, big building that's empty. Okay. Um, you, do you know where the Brook Street flea market was? I don't, I'm sorry. Um, how about Jerry's Fitch and Chips? Sure. All right. Well, you know that big, big building factory that's all. Oh vacant? yeah, I know where you're talking about now. Yeah, I'm familiar. Now, why, wouldn't that be great for um, apartments? It could be. I mean, there's a, still a lot of you know. We had a caller uh, a couple weeks ago talk about the 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 stock of uh, mill buildings in in New Bedford. How many there were? Like 101, right? And and how. Um, and how you know i think and at the time the report was from 2008 but at the time there was only like four percent that were used for residential right so um i i think there probably could be a more expansive look at those those mill buildings to to, to see if they can be developed for sure oh i think that's a great area i don't know what, i don't know what this zoning is but if you think about it and it's really big so it would it would be great i think yeah. i i All right my, I, I agree. I, I think they need to change the zoning laws a little bit, too, to make it a little bit more friendly. All right, Marcus, I'll be listening. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Marcus, how you doing? Hey, Tom, what's up? Well, I, I had a little question that maybe you could help me out with. Uh, as you know, the uh, Housing Authority guy uh, tweeted, uh, emailed you. Uh, after my conversation with Chris regarding an idea that I had. Uh, and it came in as, uh, well, we're already participating with that. And, and this is the first time I've heard of it from the Housing Authority. And, and uh, you know, I brought a number of people over to PACE uh, for uh, Section 8 programs, and, and that subject never came up. I'm wondering you know, how long uh, has the Housing Authority uh, been utilizing this and if you can get me more clear on what exactly the email said, I think I'm trying to remember that he said they were received 125. Uh, uh, you were talking about yeah, some sort of voucher program for veterans housing or something. I, yeah. I, can't, I can't remember the exact conversation. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I was stunned to hear it. I mean, and Steve so, Beau so Steve Beauregard said they got a. Uh, he's the head of the housing authority. He had texted me and said that there were 124. Uh, there were 124 vouchers. 99 of them were being uh, currently used. Yeah, and, and what's stunning to me is I never heard heard of the Housing Authority having a veterans uh, uh, program uh, on supportive housing. It's called VASH. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and my, my question uh, still remains, you know, uh, is this something where, uh, say, I was eligible for it as a veteran and uh, I could negotiate with my landlord? Or do I have to go to the housing authority route where they place you uh, where they want to place you in housing? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, eligibility guidelines that, that I'd be interested in. Then. Uh, and I'll, I'll find out within the next week or so for sure. And then uh, the question would come, would my effort with, with uh, the proposal that I was putting together be fruitless, or is there a chance to expand that uh, uh, so that more veterans could stay where they are? Uh, for example, if, if my rent went up substantially and I became eligible for that particular program, uh, could I get uh, a voucher so that I could negotiate with my landlord so I wouldn't have to move at all? You know, that, that seems to be more practical than uh, applying uh, for this particular veterans program, which, by the way, uh, is a federal program. And if they're receiving 125 vouchers from Providence, because that's the jurisdiction, uh, it doesn't make sense to me that uh, there should be an effort with the state. Uh, because this just, for me anyway, seems to just feed the same Section 8 type uh, uh, programming that they're familiar with, and why wasn't there any announcement ab- about this? Uh, and and I, I think those what happens if those remaining slots are filled up? You know, does that put all the people that were unaware of it, you know, out to lunch? Because I could tell you this: if if five years ago I found out about this and I was eligible, then all this uh, stress that I'm going through uh, right now, I'd be someplace else. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that that could have changed my life. It would have been, been a whole uh, different phenomenon. So you know the 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 uh, the, the communication, I guess, uh, from the housing authority. That was the first I've heard of it, and I, I think there should be more of it, so that veterans that are out here uh, having a difficult time could plug in a little bit better. But I, I'm going to have to run down the eligibility guidelines, uh, what it can be used for, how long. Yeah, I, I think your I think your questions would be pretty effectively um, directed towards the housing authority. I think they'd be able to guide you through that to see if you're eligible. Yeah, yeah, I, I was waiting for today, but the the storm. So of course uh, today, tomorrow, then uh, that'll bring us into Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, we'll begin the process. I'll let you know how it works out, though. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, see you. Thanks, Tom. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can join me this evening. With respect to housing, I'm going to have Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll. She's going to be joining uh, Chris and me on Thursday, um, actually, to talk about some of the housing, um, some of the housing solutions that the Healy, you know, more Healy Kim Driscoll administration is proposing. So I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to talking with her in the eight o'clock hour on Thursday. Um, she was a great guest when she was a candidate. Uh, just a really incredible depth of knowledge and being a former mayor she's you know obviously in tune to some of the housing woes that people in the commonwealth are uh, are experiencing uh she was the mayor of salem i don't know if you've ever been to salem in october it's a lot there's a lot of people there <laughs> it's, a, it's quite a thing um so 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. We're also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. Just looking at some uh, message. Uh, socialism is for small, independent mom-and-pop real estate developers. And rugged capitalism is for the poor and working class. It's from Marcus Uno in New Bedford. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Um, I, I, I do. I mean, broadly, I agree with that principle, right? That um, typically, I mean, look at the the whole SVB thing, right? Anytime, anytime these, um, you know, anytime these wealthy tech startups or 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 unscrupulous bankers need to get made be made whole, um, the government seems to oblige uh, every time. Someone in the middle, middle or working class needs some sort of just modest accommodation to make their life a little bit easier. We're told there isn't enough money. Uh, I, I do agree with that more broadly. That is a quote from Martin Luther King, right? We have um, uh, socialism for the rich and rugged individualism for the poor. I believe Martin Luther King said that. You can correct me on that if I'm wrong. Hey, just an aside, can someone tell me was Norm from Cheers an interior decorator? It's something I remember from watching Cheers, but I brought it up to today and I couldn't get confirmation on it. If someone could tell me, was Norm from Cheers, did he work as an interior decorator? I thought he did. I, I would appreciate if someone, someone, um, someone could answer that question for me, but 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. So, um, one of the things I talked with Paul about, and I talked with Council Burgo yesterday about, and it's super, super important, and I want to keep talking about it um, forever, is, um, or hopefully maybe just another week or so, it all depends, is the the potential gutting of the Community Preservation Act funding for New Bedford. Now, the Community Preservation Act is a state law that was passed in 2000. And for a 1.5% surcharge on your state, uh, on, on the, um, on the, on local property, uh, local residential and commercial property taxes, you um, can put that money towards certain projects that can, you know, for the betterment of your community. Now, what's important about, about that, because you're saying, well, why can't you just dip into the general fund, right? Um, well, what's important about that is you get matching funds, funds from the state. So 35%, I believe, is what New Bedford got for matching funds. I remember when I sat in the CPA, um, the CPA committee in Fairhaven, I remember one year it was like something hovering around 20% matching funds. But where you really make the, first of all, just, and let's just say you just get the 20, 35% matching funds for development on important issues that we're all talking about, like housing, right? Um, I think anybody would tell you that a 35% ROI is pretty good, right? Anytime you can get a 30, 30, anytime you can get a 35% ROI, you know, and for things that are really important in your community, things that you use, you know, um, basketball court at, uh, you know, basketball courts at Brooklawn or, um, you know, improvements at Buttonwood Park, right? Uh, just, um, you know, here I remember here fairly recently, a couple of years ago, uh, we used CPC money to um, make some big improvements at Libsy, uh, Libsy Park, right? So, and I think Tim did a really good job of listing all the programs that CPC helps, and we'll, we'll do that a little bit later. But I wanted to talk about the conversation we had with Council Burgo last night. I appreciate Council Burgo coming on, um, and I appreciate his availability. He's always willing to come. He not only 
comes on. He comes in studio. He always comes in studio, which I appreciate because if you can, some people can't do it. Some people, you know, you got stuff going on. You got family. You got you got work. You got whatever. For one reason or another, you can't make it in. But if you can make it in, that's always it's always a lot better for the conversation. Shane Berg always makes it a point to come in, right? And he always makes a point to be available. And he always allows South Coast Tonight and WBSM more broadly to be a forum for a lot of the important conversations he's trying to start with housing. And I appreciate all that. And I thought he got the full McCarthy last night. And, you know, he he sat there and, and I, you know, I was definitely a little bit hard on him in the nine o'clock hour. And he, you know, it's all, it's all part of the, it's all, it's all, it's all part of the, you know, it's all part of the game, right? But I am just, and I thought his answers on everything were good, except for the CPA. I really, there is no excuse, I don't think, for, because, so just, I'm going to back up a few feet. Just so people, because sometimes I take for granted the fact that people might just be tuning in right now. People might just be tuning in, you know, and miss the last week of conversation, right? So last week in the city council chambers, there was that proposal for the ballot question for rent stabilization. That was proposed by Council Burgo. He made the announcement here on South Coast. And I, again, I really appreciate that. But... There was also a couple other ballot questions. One was like the the four-year term for mayor, whether or not you support it. I think that's asking that question is a huge waste of time, but okay. And the other one is whether or not people want to repeal the Community Preservation Act. Now, that was proposed by Council President Morad. She wanted to put it as a binding referendum on the ballot. Now, the city councilors had said... Most of them had said, no, we're not doing that. It was, I think, a three to seven that vote failed. Three to seven that vote failed, right? And then she proposed it as a non-binding. And with no discussion at all, with no discussion at all, they, the, um, at least four of those councilors changed their votes. It became seven to three. One of them was Sheen Burgo. And he admitted that, because what Council President Morad said on Tim's show, she said, She's gotten all these calls. Every caller, everybody in the world is calling her. She's gotten all these calls. Everybody's so upset about this money, this 1.5% surcharge on your taxes. Brad Markey, city councilor in Ward 1, had said, I think he goes, I checked, it was like 36 bucks. Tim Weisberg did the math today. He said 685 a month, it roughly. It roughly costs people uh, people in New Bedford 685 a month, probably about the same here in Fairhaven because we have CPC. Probably the same if you're in Dartmouth because you have CPC, Right. Most of these communities, I think, I think maybe only Rochester might be only Rochester is the only community that doesn't have CPC. I'll have to double check, but most of the communities here have community preservation funds. So, um, and just to follow up on uh, follow up on on uh, Tom's question uh, about the the veterans, uh, it's a voucher. He can live wherever he wants. Uh, it'll pay 30% of uh, his income towards rent and said that your VA advisor should have told you about it. So it's a voucher. It's not, you don't get displaced. You don't get moved. Um, 
uh, you, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a voucher. It's a voucher program. So you can live wherever you want. And he said, you know, your VA advisor should tell, should, should, should tell, should, should tell, should be able to advise you on it. So uh, just to follow up on that question, thanks to, again, to Steve Beauregard. So the CPA money. All right. So she said that she's gotten all these calls. Everybody's calling her, right? Okay. But there's not a single city council that said they got a call about whether or not the CPA uh, from people complaining about the CPA. Like not a single caller. Shane, Shane Burgos sat here and said last night, I didn't get a single call. I haven't gotten any of those calls. Ian Abreu said, I haven't gotten any of those calls, right? There is not a single city council. And, and in fact, some of the reasons that the city councilors have voted against it is because they weren't sure they hadn't heard from their constituents. So you can, go, you can look at this one of two ways. Either one councilor is getting 100% of all of these calls that are complaining about the CPA, enough that she felt as though it was supposed to be put on the ballot, or she's not really getting those calls. I'll let you decide. There is an issue that is apparently so great that is apparently so pressing that she has to move to repeal it, right? This the CPA money. But she is one of 11 people that people call for on this issue. And she's the only one that got all these calls. Nobody else. Not Ian Abreu, who gets more votes than anybody in the city, right? Not Shane Burgo, he, another at-large city councilor whose constituency is the entire city, right? Not Brad Markey. Not Scott Lima. Just Linda. Again, let you decide whether or not whether or not those calls are happening. But she also said on Tim's show, well, there we used to get money for we used you know there used to, we used to get a lot more money. This program has been in existence since 2015, by the way. Oh. This program in New Bedford has been in existence since 2015, and uh, it was adopted 20 years ago, okay? And she said, oh, well, there's not as much money available anymore um, because all these communities have bought in, right? Okay, well, New Bedford got a 35% match um, from the state. And again, I think a 35% ORI, uh, ROI when you're investing money is, is pretty good. But even aside from that, they get a more than dollar for dollar match with leveraged funds, 7.2 million thus far. 7.2 million and counting so far. It's on the state web uh, it's on the city website. 7.2 million and counting so far in leverage funds. So what that means is not just money from the state. It means money from non-governmental organizations like uh, Mass Cultural Council or or uh, organizations that that give grants that look and look at projects and say okay, we need community investment. Right, that is a requirement to get certain grants for certain projects, community investment, and they look to the CPC as one of those markers. Well, we can say, oh, look, community preservation committee has given this fifty thousand dollars, has given this twenty thousand dollars, has given this a hundred thousand dollars, right? And they say, okay, well, we can give whatever we we can give, and New Bedford tracked that and said seven point two million dollars in leverage funds. So you're six eighty something a month in taxes has earned 7.2 million dollars 7.2 million dollars for things that better your community right for things that better your community 7.2 million dollars and what council president morad wants you to believe 
is that one, everybody hates this program, despite the fact that she's apparently the only one getting calls on it. And two, it is a it is a such a significant impact on their tax bill that you will actually save money if they repeal it. You will not save money. First of all, if you were to just get rid of the matching funds from the state, the 35%, you will not save money in your tax bill. You take away that $7.2 million, you are not saving money. Because a lot of these things are things that the city needs to do or a municipality needs to do that they're not able to do without community preservation funding. That's why the program exists. It's supposed to... It's supposed to fund things that a lot of other organizations or I mean, not a lot, a lot, um, not a, a municipal governments would not be able to fund on their own. Including the, the new housing on Union Street, the Holy Name housing and myriad other housing projects that are happening. I was just at the Boys and Girls Club today taking a tour with one of the board members. They got forty-seven thousand dollars in in, C, in CPA uh, in CPA money. Forty-seven thousand dollars for the boys' club. The boys' club is one hundred and thirty years old. They take care of they 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 have five hundred kids a day. Five hundred kids a day. Five hundred kids a day go to the boys and girls club in New Bedford, and they get CPA funding. So there's a lot of important community organizations that do get CPA funding. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is I think that when this question, when Mitchell vetoes this question, because he's going to veto it, because why would, why, would you, why would you allow this to go on the ballot? It's ridiculous. It's not based on anything real. Like we know, I, I said it to Council Burgle last night. We know that housing is an issue, Right. There's verifiable data to show that housing is an issue in New Bedford. There's verifiable data to show that rents have gone up, right? And there's anecdotal data from, that every single city councilor has heard. There's anecdotal uh, evidence, right, that every single city councilor has heard about their rents raising. But there is no such evidence that exists for the CPA being a problem, for, for it being a legitimate drain on people's property tax dollars. This question was brought forward to and voted on by the majority of the city council based on the whim of the city council president. And frankly, what I think is it's just a distraction. It's just a way to distract you from the fact that she proposed $50,000 pay raises that were not very poorly, I mean, not very well received. And she's trying to find a way to say, hey, look, I'm saving you money. 1.5%. When we get back, we're going to talk about all the programs um, that, that get funded with CPA money. Hey, welcome back. So I just wanted to talk about some of the, the things that are being funded just over the years by the, the Community Preservation Act. Again, we have it in Fairhaven. I sat on, on the committee here. It's it's really, it's, you know, when in time. So I sat on it as the historical commission rep and, uh, you know, we, we did a lot of good stuff. I then was the BPW rep and then I got this show so I wasn't able to participate as much as I, I had previously participated. But just some of the things that like, they have an original, like just some of the things that are that are being funded. Um, handicap access to the LGBTQ plus uh, community center. 
uh, the uh, Holy Family uh, housing towards uh, 120,000 towards the home, Holy Family Apartments, a housing initiative, uh, 93,000 to the Temple uh, Temple Landing 2, a housing initiative, uh, Brooklawn Park Skate Park design, uh, Gallery X painting, um, digitization of maritime records, the First Baptist Church restoration, uh, restor- uh, the First Baptist Church restoration, Union Street Moby Dick building. That's a housing initiative, 145000 so far. Roch Jones Duff House painted building, 89000 um, Roof replacement, uh, Sergeant William H. Carney uh, Academy. So Carney Academy roof replacement, $26,000. Cape Verdean Vets, Vets Memorial Hall, $12,000. New Bedford Whaley Museum, $135,000. Again, Temple Landing 2, $180,000. Buttonwood Park Stormwater Stormwater Management, $67,000. Hazelwood Park Bowling Green Fence and Gate, $50,000. West Beach Bathhouse Renovation, Phase 1, $25,000. Hillman Street Firehouse Lost Restoration, $300,000. Capital Theater Restoration, major project. Capital Theater Restoration, $200,000, right? So these are a lot of projects that are pretty good and in some cases necessary, right? Stuff that normally could not be funded by with municipal funds that are getting that are getting funded by the Community Preservation Act. And it's something that the council president's looking to kill based on, frankly, only a whim. All the, that's what's crazy about this. Like the housing, the, the rent control question I can see because we know that house, housing is a verifiable, statistically demonstrative fact that housing is a crisis, right? We can verify that. And the councilors can verify that, not, even, not just based on the data, but based on the fact that they're hearing from their constituents about it, the only reason this ballot question is even considered right now, the CPA ballot question, is because the city council president, on a whim, just put it on the ballot. And they went along with it. Now, Mayor Mitchell can veto this. He probably will veto it. And if he does right now, the vote, I believe, is seven to four. They would need eight votes to override his veto. I really hope those four no votes... Hold, that's Ian Abreu, Maria Giesta, Scott Lima, Brad Markey. Those are the four no votes. The four people with the common sense to not let this to not to not let this facade go forward. The four people that are doing the right thing here. And I hope that holds. You want to override the the rent control question? Put that on fine. Want to override the four mayor four year mayoral term? Put that on fine. I, that's fine. But you gotta kill the you gotta kill the CPA question. Because you have right now one of the members of the city council coming here and going elsewhere and misleading people on its on its cost and its benefits. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Marcus, how are you? Hey, Barry, what's up? 
So um, what do we have to do to get the water park back here? I kind of, I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> a lot better, and I kind of, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, I, don't think, I don't think it's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two things, and before I forget and go on, um, uh, Tom, you're a city councilor from the South End. Yeah. That calls all the time. I, and by the way, I'm a transplant from a Cushnet, and then I got a call one day from Battle Cruise and Biffy and Jack. And said, hey, what are you doing tonight? Uh, I don't know. you got to go to Victor Pinero's house. So I go to Victor's house, and unbeknownst to me, I was already deputized and authorized to be his campaign manager. So I am a, a, a Watch 6 transplant, and I had no idea. Tom's a great guy. I had no idea that he's a veteran, which makes him, in my mind, even you know a better person. But uh, two things, Marcus. Did you got the... Um, the mill study that I sent you? Yes. Yeah, I right. saw, and I what? saw it online, too. It's on uh, uh, the city of New Bedford website. Yeah. Correct. So, and a lot of people don't realize there are 101 mills in this city. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy, right, in this city? Yeah. The small mills or whatever. So, um, you have Kim Driscoll coming on what day? Thursday. Thursday. Great person. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's an attorney. She, she was is. head of the Mass Mayor Association. She's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And um, so between Salem and Peabody, there's a few mills up there. But the way that these mills get developed is the tax credits, which come out of uh, William Francis Gallivan's office. So maybe what you can do is kind of introduce that to her with the tax credits to develop these mills and there's 101 mills that can be developed now if you did you look at who the owners of these mills were marcus i mean the 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 report was from 2008 so it's i mean it's it's not it's it's so the data is a little bit old so i'm not sure if the people that own it then still own it now right yeah, so let's hold each other's hands, Marcus. Who's bought mills in the last 15 years? <laughs> They're still owned by the same people, Yeah, that's right? a good point, yeah. So you've got, you know, you've got uh, Sapienza, you've got, you know, the, the uh, uh, Aerovox, you've got Titles. So, I mean, how do they, they have to report that. It's gotta, they got to carry that on their statements, cook the books. But there's got to be a way that we could develop more of these for for these older people, veterans that are going to be displaced out of all this. I think that 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 might be something you talk to Kim about. She, you know, she hails from Salem. Uh, the next biggest mayor, uh, Mayor Teregian, Pete Teregian, he's probably one of the longest mayors ever. The reason he made so much uh, of his, his tax base, he had three permitted landfills. <laughs> the guy didn't have to raise taxes at all. Right. So I think what we, if you can, try to develop a dialogue, whether it's with Tony Cabral, Mark Montigny, the mayor, somebody, there's got to be money that can be had through Galvin's office or somewhere to develop these these 101 mills. I mean, my God, yeah. think about that. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some that ha- that are developed, right? Like, but there's definitely, you know, we talked about it in the, the first hour with Paul Chase and some people have brought it up, some calls have brought it up too. There's still other vacant mill buildings that, like, why can't they be used for housing? And you don't have to go, I mean, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? There are smaller mills, you know, maybe that you could put 20 units in. Mm-hmm. More more access to develop. 
Yeah, in, I mean, there's the, there's these there's these smaller uh, housing developments. You know, we were this one going up that's 16. There's one going up that's a few. Like the holy the holy name one is a, is only a, a few uh, a few units, but you know, it all makes a difference. It's a holy name, right? I, uh, that's that's the Vatican Bank. I've done a couple of joint ventures with them. They did the Gloucester Fish Pier. They did a couple of other mills. I mean, does anybody that you know have more money than the Vatican Bank, Marcus? No. No. There's so many things we could be doing here. We just got to kind of push forward because it's a great place to live. Yeah, really absolutely. Is. For sure. All right, Paul. Take care. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Barry. Um, well, we're not ready for a break yet, but yeah, no, obviously... But but th- that's the point I'm trying to make is a lot of these projects are going to be looking to the CPA for money. And if they see that, oh, well, this is a community that just randomly gutted a community preservation program, right? Why would we invest in a community that doesn't want to invest in any development that said no to that said no to seven point two million dollars in leverage funds? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to be against it. It doesn't make any sense to approve that ballot question. So right now, after we expect, I'm expecting Mayor Mitchell to veto this, that ballot question in particular because it's ridiculous to even be on the ballot in the first place. But when he vetoes that, right now you've got four city councilors that voted against it. You hope that veto holds because you hope that that's a, that is a, not a veto-proof majority. So four, four people voting against it is not a veto-proof majority. You hope that holds because, and I think one of the reasons, you know, a few of those counselors voted against that CPA ballot question is because they know that there is a lot of CPA investment in their wards. And so good on them because it would be a disastrous mistake to let that go forward especially when you know one of your colleagues is misleading the public on it. Is misleading the public on it. It doesn't make any sense. And frankly, if you've got something before, if you need to if this was if this was proposed, if this was brought forward via a horse trade for other ballot questions, shame on you. Because this ballot question would be nothing but destructive. And I think most of the counselors knew that. To make it non-binding is the same thing to make it binding. It just takes longer. It's a dangerous and risky proposition, and it doesn't make any sense. Especially, like I said, when you know one of your colleagues is lying about it. We had Council Burgo on last night who said he doesn't think that most people are against the CPA, right? And we had a lot of other city councilors say on the record, they don't think most people are against the CPA. And to that end, they haven't gotten any calls. Only one counselor apparently has gotten all these calls. Only one has gotten all these calls. So, again, it is, it would be disastrous. It would be disastrous for this ongoing housing situation because you know that what you're going to need to fix housing is investments like the CPA. Paul Chase brought it up, the head of the Realtors Association, the CEO of the Realtors Association. 
He brought that up as one of the main things that they're looking at to spur development in housing. And you've got one person on the city council that says they've gotten calls that nobody else has gotten. Nobody else has gotten these calls except for this one person and decided on a whim to put this ballot on the to put this to put this referendum to put this non-binding referendum on the ballot to try to build momentum to killing this law for no other reason that we can think of than to just say I saved you money on taxes. 1.5 surcharge on your tax. If you live in Dartmouth, you live in Fairhaven, you live in New Bedford, they're all CPA communities. I think Mattapoise it is too. You don't even notice it. You don't even notice it. You don't even notice it in your tax bill. I never did. Right? You don't even notice it. But she's just doing it to say she saved, she saved you money on taxes. And I, I really think that's repulsive. Knowing how much, $7.2 million in leveraged funds. $7.2 million for Temple Landing 2, right? $7.2 million for the Union Street housing. $7.2 million for projects like the Capitol Theater restoration. The restoration of original George Washington paintings at the New Bedford Public Library, right? Abolition Row Park. Buttonwood Park. Brooklawn Park. Hazelwood Park. All improved and beautified by CPA funds. But one counselor said they got phone calls that no other counselor got. So they decided to put it on the ballot. Well, they said, they, I didn't get these phone calls. They said they, you know, this counselor said they got phone calls. That cannot be the basis of how you make policy. That cannot be the basis of how you make policy. And as far as, oh, well, you know, if the counselor's lying, then most, and if most people were for it, they'll be against it. Well, you've got somebody in a position of authority misleading the public on it, right? And like, sure, I know that. But it's my job to know that. And I do my best to tell everybody what the facts are. I do my best to tell everybody what the facts are. But it's difficult when someone who's earned the public trust by being in elected office is misleading people, is misleading people on a very important program that's gotten them $7.2 million extra in their community, a $7.2 million return on their investment in their taxes. Misleading the people on that. That's difficult, even for someone like me, even for someone with a radio program and 15 hours of airtime. That's difficult. And so I'm hoping, again, that when this question, when it comes back, when Mitchell vetoes it, and it comes back to the council, at least those four counselors that are against it, at least they hold. And maybe that, those people that are against that ballot question, maybe that expands to five, maybe expands to six, maybe it expands to 10. Because if that gets on the ballot and you've got a member of an elected body deliberately misleading the public on it, could be some disastrous consequences. 508-996-0500. And take a break. We'll be right back. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. Oh. 
As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, like a date with my wife, or going out together with my family and friends, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Vectix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, motorsports, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can help. We can give our veterans a special event where they too can create their own cherished memories. Find out how by visiting www.vettix.org. That's www.vettix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. One's on the left, left, the other on the right. Right. But they're both ready to call it right down the middle. More of Marcus and Chris on South Coast tonight here on WBSM. All right, guys, stay tuned. We're also taking your messages in the WBSM uh, app chat. Someone said, I voted for CPC. Uh, I like it. I don't know why we're talking about this again. I agree. Uh, I agree. Wailing City resident in uh, on the app chat. And if you want to send in some app chats, you can. If you want to uh, give us a call, you can at 508-996-0500.